station, we had marketing people that just crunched numbers all day long. That's all they did. Numbers, pie charts, graphs. That's all they did. And then they created presentations to give to potential clients to show the numbers. And then you had another team that did the ads. They had to produce ads for the clients that said, yes, I do want to utilize your services, create these videos for us. So that team went out, produced the videos, and then they sent it to the editing department. Then the editing department would edit the video. They would have their clip and they had to make it for 30 seconds. It had to be 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So they got it down to 30 seconds. They clipped it all the way it wanted, went back to the client. The client says yes, gives the approval. And then now, now you got airtime. So then that's when it comes to me. And then- I put it, you know, where where do you want this? What's the reach that you want? Do you want Jerry Seinfeld? Do you want Frasier? Or do you want just six o'clock news? Yeah. So, and it all went on their budget. So they couldn't afford maybe Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so they had to do six o'clock news. Or maybe they just wanted, I don't know, maybe they wanted that audience for some reason. Sure. It depends on the product. It depends on who you're Well, it depends on if somebody is. already has it, too. Yeah. And then, what and, then, price. and then, like, is it cosmetics or something for women? Maybe they want a woman's talk show. Right. Or it just depends. And then the trucks. And then you can't have competition. What do you mean the trucks? There's Toyota trucks, Ford trucks. Oh, Mazda trucks, right. all those brands Couldn't of trucks. Compete. You can't have Mazda. And they all want to be on Jerry Seinfeld or Friends or right. Cheers or whatever the show was. And so if they all wanted that same program and they wanted their 30 seconds on the same program, yeah. well, then that's called ad trafficking. You can't allow two competitors competitors on the same back-to-back but, right. but you ad could space, have but you can have it on one break and then they have to right. take their turn to go to the next break. Sure. But if you accidentally got two competing brands, then you've got to do a make good and you got to make it good. And so sorry, they get angry and then you'd have to give them two somewhere else or or whatever of a mm. similar show or or another day or extra because you messed up. And every day is brand new. Every day there's teams of people that comb through every program like you have from this time to this time. And then another person was in charge of this time period to that time period. And another person was in charge of this time period to that time period. There were eight people doing that every single day, every single show, every single break within each show. And then there's 15 second slots and 30 second slots. So two 15s equal a 30. And they're like doing all the math all day long. That's all they do. And then I'm sitting there giving them all these ads and they're, I had to place them, but sometimes they had to shift them. Yeah. Yeah, They bumped them around. I ordered it for whatever brand I ordered, say, say I said Jerry Seinfeld Thursday night or whatever night it was, they might've had to bump it. And so the client would be like, Hey, I bought that, (laughs) but it got bumped. So, oh, sorry. And then, then another day would go by and then you have to wait till next week because these shows are only once a week. So I was, sometimes. I was going to say, and then you fast forward to today <laughs> and now you have a new model presenting itself. Yeah. Which I think it's been around a little while. Mm-hmm. We were kind of early adopters of cutting the cord and, and using these uh, boxes to, to watch everything we wanted to. Streaming. Yeah. So there's. What's the. 
acronym though of the the new screaming stuff that was called you were talking about ott over the top of television right. yeah and so these streaming devices say it's it's roku it's apple it's amazon fire stick it's they can watch it on xbox and playstation yeah. those are streaming devices so everybody's basically cutting the cord using streaming devices they don't want to pay for cable anymore and so they're streaming and they're watching what they want to watch right and so that's a whole nother avenue for advertising. Say, you know, I worked for an NBC affiliate. So NBC now has Peacock TV and they have streaming on Peacock. But not the local channels. Yeah, the local channels. Are, yeah, they're hiring. I saw that they're hiring for OTT advertising. So NBC is nationwide. Right. The local stations have their own piece that gets put in there. For I, I worked at an NBC affiliate. No, Jerry Seinfeld didn't film his show at my studio, but we had our own studios. We had like a couple of studios that we filmed like cooking shows in and, right. and the news. The local news is broadcast there and you have your local weather and you'll, your local this, that, so and the other. So they have an app then? So they'll have, say there was a brand and, and they want to advertise locally. So that's when they'll choose to have us produce a, a specific local ad for our community where whatever city you're in. It kind of gets spread out. And then there's the the NBC affiliates throughout the U.S. get to broadcast the, I mean, I, I keep saying all these old shows that aren't yeah. airing anymore, but that's when I worked there. So they have their own apps. Yes. So, so they're, that they're, way you can watch your local, because if you want to yeah. watch something in San Diego, right. you open the local one there and mm -hmm. then you're watching your weather, your right. local news, whatever, right? Right. So now that's another thing that's totally expanding right now because they're figuring out that, that people aren't watching all this stuff on cable TV anymore. They're, go, they're going to the streaming devices, mm -hmm. the OTT devices. It's all about OTT right now. And forever we were talking about that. Gosh, I was talking about creating something where you could watch what you wanted to watch when you wanted to watch it mm -hmm. back in 96 around there. Yes. And so now it's all available and it's getting better and better and better. Yeah. But then you have to have advertising. Right. But is that why everyone went? So that's the question. <laughs> Besides the cost, it's like, you know, you first went on YouTube and there weren't any ads. Yes. And then you went on um, these streaming devices <laughs> and there weren't any ads. Now Amazon's talking about adding ads to Amazon oh, yeah. Prime. Of course. Of course. So that's the... <laughs> <laughs> then so where's the attention going to uh, well, go? Well, and that? then you have YouTube, which is doubling its mobile consumption every year. Yeah. So of course they're going to put ads on there. Yeah. If YouTube's consumption is doubling every year, then you need to pay attention to that because that's just telling you where everyone's going. And if the attention is going there, you should be reaching in that direction. If your target market is there, right. maybe you're sticking on your favorite platform because you're familiar with it and you're comfortable there and you're posting, but there's people, there's lots and lots of people, right. there's billions out there in all these platforms and YouTube is, is growing like crazy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And if you only want to stay on LinkedIn or whatever, then. Well, I mean, it depends I mean, on your audience and, and what business you're, you know, B2B, LinkedIn. Well, for sure. Sure. Well, sure. But I mean, even those people are on YouTube. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it is different. Well, you know, you can watch, you can't really watch YouTube when you're at work. That's so I, true. I think that's So the they're going to the audio version, which makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. And that's a whole nother yeah. place. 
that's where attention has gone and shifted in a large way. It's oh, true. Time. Audio. Yeah. Audio. The audio podcasts are hot right now, for sure. But what's interesting is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can see the different ones that are out there. And, and that's not new. Like audio podcasts have been around and now they're yeah. sort of, I wouldn't say peaking, but they're getting up there. And now the new move, thanks to YouTube and Spotify is doing it, is video podcast. And I think that's going to be the growing trend because it is harder. It's <laughs> yeah. way harder. That's why the audio version, I think there's so much to, <laughs> to listen to. It's so easy. Everyone just you can read or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But no. I'm just saying it's very popular to as a first stepping stone to try to audio do that. Audio only? Yeah, audio. Oh, yeah. But be way easier. I could yeah. crank out audio only podcast, which maybe <laughs> we should have, but huh. I just thought, you know, if you're doing video for mm-hmm. a living and we're ramping up a bunch of stuff that we can't talk about, but <laughs> uh, you know, you can see some of it on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and we're, we're doing some stuff for clients that's going to be bigger, but you're, you're trying to create, you know, good looking content that's yes. out there. And having that reflect on YouTube and the idea would be that we'd share that, you know, like here's a clip of us doing X, Y, Z, or mm-hmm. here's a new clip that we're doing on this to, for examples, you were talking about this earlier and this totally stuck with me. You were saying that some of the marketing podcast, I'm going <laughs> to paraphrase it, <laughs> offering advice on how to create content that have no content other than talking about content. Yeah. Yeah. You show me what you're doing, what, how do you do it, right. you know? But I'll let you talk about that for a minute because I know you were kind of going in on, you know, what that means to everybody, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're listening to people telling you how to do something and then they're steering you in the wrong direction, that's not awesome. Yes, I had noticed. It finally dawned on me. I was listening to a few of them and I'm like, wait a minute, they're offering all this advice on how to make content and they don't have any content at all other than advice on how to make content. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like warning where is their actual content and you don't so i mean we have multiple channels yeah we have multiple platforms we have other video that we do besides just podcasts but we're not just on youtube and we're not just on linkedin and we're not just here or there or the other place right you gotta spread them out because right i mean Those why would you limit yourself on your reach right it's just, yeah, we have examples of other types of video that we make and that we have made. Well, I was just thinking about, you know, you're you're talking about that. And then we're we're really at that time too, we're really leaning into all this equipment that we were we were buying. And that process was just oh, so yes. brutal. Because and this is exactly why we started <laughs> Defender. That's true. And that, and that's literally just one industry that we focus on. Yes. Right. Is the security industry. And then, you know, you have software industry and some oh, others. Sure. But the the big takeaway was, you know, as you're looking for a camera, you know, there's a lot of research that has to go in there before you pull the trigger on something like that. You know, you look at all the specs and and things that they don't tell you. A big one was, well, how long can it run before it turns off? Because it overheats. Yes. That was huge. And then what's the low light like? And sensor size. Yeah. So there's all these other things that no one talks about. And what I found was there's a ton of YouTubers out there, but they're just, yeah, you know, get this thing. It's super cool. And look at my background. <laughs> here's all the settings to, to, to try to put in there. Like, yeah, right. And here's all the lighting to get. And here's my affiliate link. Right. <laughs> right. 
(laughs) You're like, holy smokes. So you're buying like these Amaran lights and all this stuff. And then there's like no data. No information on how to use any of it. What the settings should be, anything. You don't just plug this stuff in. And that's the thing. The learning curve on this, there's no way. I mean, I had a a certification, a camera operator certification for cable television. Okay. It does no good anymore because it's for an old camera. It doesn't even exist anymore. So luckily I knew some things to get the new digital cinematic, this, that, and the other. But if I didn't know any of that, I would completely be lost. I would have purchased a very expensive camera and not know, hi, they don't come with lenses. I mean, it, here's your body and which of lens? a camera. And then how and far which away? Lens, which and lens are you going to get? And then what's... I mean, do you even know what you need? You don't. It goes on and and there's there's a bunch of video out there. Buy one. I have one too. Yeah. Here's my affiliate (laughs) link. So. But that that just shows you though. Yeah. What we're trying to do is help manufacturers. I mean, we're not just picking on Sony, but all of them kind of do this where you go to their website and it's like, ah, here's a cool kind of ad of our product. Like, okay, cool. I'm already buying it. Now, where do I go for, here's how to set it up or here's the settings for if you're trying to do this. No. Or here's the lens distances and what you would need for, <laughs> nope, nothing, zero. No. Even on, on the shoe that you slide in the XLR Oh, just every thing. tiny little detail. Not a... Um, if you're going to buy a light, you know it doesn't come with a stand. And what kind of stand do you need for that? And yeah. what are you doing and where are you positioning it? And the light isn't a light. You don't just plug it in and it shines. There are settings. There are Kelvins. You know, it's you need crazy. to know Everything's how to turn, what percentage you're using. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to it that you probably go broke if you buy all this stuff and you turn it on, your video does not look right because you don't know what you're doing with these tools. Yeah. Well, that's so. the thing. It's like, it again, it's, it's sort of that affirmation that what you're doing is a good thing. Right. Because it's filling a need for the businesses out there need to have content. Yeah. Video content is like th- over 3x right. better in terms of uh, engagement and all that good stuff, right? So we know mm-hmm. all those facts and figures. Yeah. So that's pretty established. I mean, if you can do a quick Google search and mm-hmm. look at the effectiveness of video over written or any, any other thing, we know we got to do video. Now, for a company to invest in all the camera equipment and everything, then who's running it? And then it's not just one vocation. Mm-hmm. So you got the video side of it. You have mm-hmm. the sound. You have the lighting. Audio. Yeah, so then audio is a huge deal. Audio is extremely complicated. Yeah. It really is. Well, that, luckily that didn't change that much since you were doing it. So <laughs> you still have XLR mics and all this. I mean, these yeah. mics that that we have have been around yeah. since the 60s. Yep. So, yeah. you know, if it's good, it's good, right? Yeah. But I just found it funny that, you know, as we're, we're just trying to get certain shots done right. and, and make them look the way we want them. There's a lot of work involved in just to get one scene or yeah. whatever you're doing it for. But there's a lot to know. There's nothing wrong with hiring out. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is to do it in-house, there's no way. Like, yeah, you know, when you talk you need about a team of people, when you talk about sales outsourcing. It's always, you know, should I do it in-house or should I outsource this? Yeah, that's to, a good example. And it's sort of like, well, I give up this and that and blah, 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 right? With video, there's no way you want to do this in-house. The the time suck to get all this done. Mm-hmm. It's almost like what we charge for a client right now is such a steal <laughs> because the time intense work, mm-hmm. because it's scripting. First, you have to script everything. Oh, yeah, let's not forget that. You're putting that. these shots together. Mm-hmm. And then there's all the B-roll behind it. And there's right. the editing process, which you even cover yet. And right. So, and there's there's it, software that you need yeah. to do everything, including audio. 
Yeah. And yeah, I don't think people know what they're going to be getting into if they try that. So I'm, I'm pretty confident. Like once, <laughs> one, if they did do it, they'd be like, oh, heck no, are we going to do this? This is yeah, insane. Yeah, and, and you have to do it consistently. Yeah. And that's the that's really the gist of what we're and, doing. And if you, you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on all this equipment and no knowledge and know how to use it all, that's more time away. Well, you have to hire somebody to do it in-house. Yeah. And, and then you? that's more people so and more money. Sit there and so basically, wait. if you hire, it's basically when you do hire, is what I meant to say, that you're basically renting their equipment. Yeah. It's like an equipment rental that you are let, allowing whoever to produce content for you of way yeah, you're more not ex- buying, inexpensive. Yeah, you're not buying the Amaron lights and you're not buying, <laughs> you know, all the Cinematic this stuff. cameras yeah. and. And the storage, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, the storage alone. Yeah, that's insane. Is a lot of money to store There's a lot to data it. and to upload and download data and the connection speeds and just there's a lot to it. So, so anyway, I'm I'm confident that <laughs> it's a good it not only does it fill a need, which is mm-hmm. again, you know, you have Sony's an example, but there's every company does this where yeah. you go to their website, there's just a lack of context and information that I need. Mm-hmm. Even if I already bought it, but let alone, let's say if I'm right. doing research, which we were doing, you're going through the research of, well, which camera is right? And then which lens do I need? And then, and then they have, okay, so I said, oh, this guy says this camera is really good. And I look into it and it's like, yeah, it only runs for about eight minutes before it overheats and like, turns really? off. Yeah, that's a perfect podcast. And that's, I mean, that was over a thousand dollar camera that did that. Yeah. How long of a recording do you really want to do here? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's <laughs> a major much, deal. And okay, I, I only want to do 60 seconds. Okay, well, how many takes do you need to do and how many hours long that's the thing. is the And that's the what we were running run. into before, so, which is why we bought the Sony camera, because the other camera crashing, would shut crashing, off. Crashing, shutting off, he, overheating. And you're like in the middle of something and it just it, your workflow is completely disrupted. And then even if you did, and then, then I looked up the ones, oh yeah, well this one runs for 30 minutes before it shuts off. And then you're like, okay, but how does it do in the summer in a hundred degree weather and you're outside? Yeah. Overheats in 10, 10 minutes. You know, that was just one example of... A product. (laughs) To me, the big issue with all this, again, it's just proving you're a a need. And and what I see right now is no matter who it is, what company, they're good at creating like an advertisement Mm -hmm. and and some kind of basic information. Mm -hmm. But the detail, yeah, but the detail stuff. Awareness. Yeah, they they got awareness down. They have awareness down. Yeah, I'm aware. So (laughs) this is what we're really focused on. For and, And here's the thing. This is, I guess, what I want to hit on. Because it does affect sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. But if you think about this, these these companies are creating these advertisements and they get awareness and it's like, okay, there's no detail to help the customer go through the entire buying cycle. Exactly. So this is where, where we saw the big need, right? Right. And whether that's a channel partner or an end user mm-hmm. where I want to go all the way until I need to call a salesperson. I don't want to call a salesperson for information <laughs> because it's like a trap, right? Then they're like, <laughs> they're trying to avoid that. Right. And and so if you can give somebody everything they possibly could need, mm-hmm. and this is where we started with this. Yeah. And so we're, we're creating this body of work for the client mm-hmm. by looking at their products and, and sort of diving into the product, understanding how it helps somebody. Because it seems like no matter what they do, it's seen as an ad when it's on their website. So people go and do research right. independently. And I think that's the big takeaway. I think you were getting at 
also. I, know, totally, I got lost. I lost myself. You got myself. lost. Here's, here's what you were trying to say. You were trying to say that people don't really want to hear from the brand about the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The brand, the brand does the brand and the branding mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, their, their greatness. <laughs> but you have to have other people give you sort of a... The pros, the cons. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what... Here's how it here's works. Here's what's so great about this solution and, and sort mm-hmm. of dive into that. And plus, you know, does your client really want to go to, you know, 50 different websites? Because usually you're a part, right? Is, did we just buy a Sony camera? No, we bought a lot of different things that make up a complete solution. Mm-hmm. And so nobody is sort of the the all solution. There is there is no that's all true. solution. That's true. That's and, a good example. Yeah. And that's pretty much the way it is on in every mm-hmm. industry. Like if you have a tech stack for right. software, it's part of a tech stack. You have recorders for audio. Yeah that mic, certain mics won't plug into those recorders right. and certain mics do plug into those recorders. And then you have to know which mics fit those. And then there's different connectors for those and the micro dots and well, all I, I, this. And then, you, and then you get into, okay, do I want wireless? Right. Do I want wired? And then mm-hmm. do I have a, a lavalier mic and is it under my clothes? And what brand and what quality is it going to be? Right. Then and get into, and can it handle moisture? Yeah. And then, Wind. and then do I want that or do I want a, a boom mic for indoor? Do I want a shotgun mic for outdoor? Mm-hmm. And you start getting it or a type of mic like this for a podcast. Yeah. So there's a million different scenarios where you need a certain product at a certain time, yeah. depending on the situation. Yeah. And to me, that's how it is for everything. If I'm going to recommend a security solution, it's not going to be, there's not one size fits all for everybody. No, they want to know, does this work with the thing that I have? That's huge. Integration is, this compatible is key. Right. with what I have? Yeah. It could be any product. We're just using all this. Yeah, as an example. Media just because stuff it's as an example. Top of mind for us right now. <laughs> the pain. Because of what we just experienced. Yeah. That just shows us that what we're doing can help the client and provide content that I think is just going to really help their customers and their yeah. channel partners to do the research faster, yeah. get the information that they need to be successful mm-hmm. with their product or whatever it is. There's a major challenge for manufacturers or any B2B company with channel partners. Yes. Like if I talked about communication, I talked about just the support level that you're giving them and all that stuff, right? Yeah. The biggest one that I'm laser focused on is education. And it's not, I'm going to teach you about this and you're going to listen to all this stuff, right? <laughs> so what what the channel partner doesn't want is to go to another webinar for 60 minutes. That's what they don't want. No. And they're not going to read another marketing email about the channel, about their update on their products, Mm -hmm. because those aren't aren't getting consumed. They're not reading those. No. And so we talk to channel partners every day. And that's part of the Defender series is that we ask people what they want right? and listen to that. And they, we directly show brands yeah. what their potential customers are wanting. They should listen to that because... Yeah, they that, should. But that, it's it's this, we're also talking to them every day. So right. the biggest thing is it's like, okay, well, the manufacturer wants more engagement from them. The manufacturer wants them to lead with their products. The manufacturer wants them to come and, and listen to their product updates when they have them, right? And they're not getting that a lot of times. Yeah. 
And usually a, a channel partner will pick and choose a you know subset of all the products that they can resell, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's 80-20 no matter what it is. 80% of the time they're going to be selling 20% of the products that they can sell. They're going to have their favorites, in other words, right? Mm-hmm. And so the partners that want to get an audience in there, they're not going to do it by asking them to join them for a 60-minute webinar. <laughs> and I don't know who's pushing that out there constantly, but that's... They do not want that. They don't want it at all. I was thinking about that. And and I think last year is when we started doing that because of this. But it's like you have to give them the education in a way that isn't boring and provides the information for them on the different applications of, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I could sell that product for that application. Mm-hmm. So you take up the, I call it the elephant, right? You take the elephant of what you would normally try to present in a webinar or in person, right, which is another way, which was doing a lunch and learn. The lunch and learn that went on for an hour or hour and a half, they're going to retain only a a tiny fraction of that information. And so we started kind of putting our heads together. Well, how could we get that information out there? How could we make it easy for them to digest? And that's leveraging your background in television Mm -hmm. and my writing and, and then being involved in the channel for so long. And um, so all these things sort of came together and that you have to really engage the, the channel partners on where they're at and give them information that is that's going to help them mm-hmm. to be successful. And just doing it the old way is just not it's not going to work, you know, unless you're the 20, the 20. Yeah, they'll listen to the 20 because they're selling it and they get the spiffs and everything that they work with on it. But the other 80 percent, they're not going to get the opportunities that they want to get. And so the only way for them, I think, to really kind of bridge that gap is to you know, work with a company like Wave, where we know the channel, we know mm-hmm. you, this is a big problem and being able to package that information in a way that they can they can get it Mm -hmm. they can hear it listen to it watch it Mm -hmm. cool that's awesome and now that's here so when they do run into a application for it they're like oh yeah that that one that one thing that we saw from defender yeah and we have established relationships with them so it's not like we're strangers yeah they know who we are yeah, and it's so not, I'm not, not trying like to leverage that necessarily. It's not thing. It's no. not what we're talking about. No, we're not talking about cold calling. <laughs> no, this is the, the, sort of the newer way of... Yeah, for 2023. Yeah, and it's, it's marketing it's and sales truly together. Yeah, sales and marketing has to be united. Yeah. It's not going to work. <laughs> well, <laughs> not again, very well. Those are, that's that platitude stuff, though, where you hear people say, like the, the buzzwords, I'll give you a great one. Digital transformation. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> and that means we're going to spam you more and more. That's our digital transformation. <laughs> we're going to send more email. It's like that's not digital transformation. That's thinking about how to to do market and sell mm-hmm. in the digital sphere. And what does that incorporate? Well, it incorporates a lot of things, including video, by the way. Yeah. So you might want to take a peek at that. And <laughs> in, instead of doing, it's like all their investment is in basically in person mm-hmm. or yeah, just kind of these really, I won't say they're just kind of stale I mean, they're, they're, they're not as effective. Mm-hmm. They're you know, old methods. Yeah. Email it's is not new. I've been method. using email since, you know, mid nineties. So you have to keep moving. The target keeps moving all the time. And I think, you know, digital transformation should mean looking at all the different things that you could do to market your company. Mm-hmm. And I think sales being involved in that process to give some insights maybe on maybe what channel partners actually want and they don't want mm-hmm. would help. So anyway, it's just funny. You know, that's what we're focused on. And I just feel like 
we can provide a lot of value to a manufacturer mm-hmm. versus banging phones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way, the way we were doing things, you know, before uh, was just the way everyone did it. And we sort of looked at like, well, you know, if something's not as effective anymore, then what, what else can I do? I think that when you are so focused on doing what everyone's done for 20 years, instead of saying, well, how can I improve this process? How can I make it more engaging for the channel partner? How can I help them more? Like, well, obviously it's a true partnership means it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. So what can I provide to them that will be helpful for them? And they can be successful with my, my product and they make money doing it. Well, that's good for them. You know, they want to close deals. They don't want to take risk on, mm-hmm. on offering a product that they might not win, especially when things are really competitive. So, you know, a lot of times they stick with those 20s because they feel like, well, you know, this has the brand recognition or whatever it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this reminds me of when I was selling IP sands. And mm-hmm. before that, storage area networks, fiber sands were normal. And I started selling this brand that was really, really cool. It's node storage. So you'd have multiple nodes and they would all sort of work together. And it was just a new way of looking at how to tackle storage where you could expand it very easily instead of buying sort of this blocky kind of way that we did before, where you basically have a head unit and then storage underneath it. It made it much easier to expand and just grow your storage as you needed to. And it was awesome. And I liked it. So it was a good way of, of differentiating yourself. But my point is that it would have been easier for a lot of guys to just sell sort of the standard stuff out there. It might not be better for the customer, but it's a lot easier to sell, well, I'm selling, you know, this very well-known storage unit and uh, it's great, you know. Yeah, it's not the newest stuff, but here here's what it does versus here's this other stuff that this is the future. This is going to help you and you're going to be able to expand. You're not going to have to try to figure out, well, is this enough storage? Did I get enough expansion or did I get the wrong one and now I'm going to outgrow that? And the people that were behind me helping me to understand that product did a great job. And so they got me educated on the product to the point where I could see the value in it over the legacy storage. And so it was easy for me to position that storage unit against a competitor and win, win that business because I could explain to the customer why this is so much better for you and here's the benefits. And I'd say video surveillance was like that too, where if I was selling the old analog cameras for SIF or whatever, and then here I come with a five megapixel camera or a three or two, whatever, and I could show the difference between those two and what the image quality was, that was easier. You were showing somebody, well, here's what the benefit is. And I think that as long as you're arming the channel partners with the information that they need, they will move from maybe a legacy partner to a newer one, as long as you give them the information that they need to be successful. They don't want to risk a sale on I hear, great, I lost. I could have just done a sure thing and sold XYZ versus trying this new thing. But if they failed me, it was because they just didn't have the Achilles heel of the other other one, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's how you help a channel partner be successful is give them everything they need if you're trying to position over a competitor. That's part of what we're doing. You know, we talked about regular communication, all that kind of stuff. And I think you could read the article, you know, it's on our, our wave pipeline under channel partnerships back in May. But I really think that the value we can provide right now for any B2B company is helping them to really engage their channel partners because, man, there's so much potential with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to grow numbers, I mean, okay, if you're only doing business with this many channel partners all the time, 
if you can increase that, that's a lot more people out there, you know, selling your products. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So that's what we're trying to get the word out, you know, <laughs> of how to do that. And and again, it doesn't require us to pester them. Right. That's not what it is. No. 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 This is inbound. Yeah. And that's really the big difference is everything is about pinging them and pushing and asking and you're constantly pulling at them. Yeah. Versus this is just inbound. Mm -hmm. So you're giving them information that's going to help them be successful. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to. Yeah, that's cool. You just have to do it right. And I think that's what we're really focused on is doing that for the client because the client can't really do it for themselves. No. It's not just the equipment and and, and all the skill set for it. It's honestly, it's it's the fact that as a third party, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is that we can talk about all of the different solutions that make up what's required. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Anyway, we at least have to do a good job about explaining that to everybody. But it was the other thing that you wanted to uh, touch on. I kind of talked a little bit about this already, but I just wanted to talk about paying attention to trends. Some people pay attention and move forward in a big way. And other people are waiting on the fence to wait to see what might happen before they want to test the waters. Yeah. And online purchasing just started taking off. Yeah. And in 1999 was when we were kind of, anyway. We were on the fence of working for a company that wound up being very successful, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, online purchasing in 1999 was at $1.6 billion. And so the companies that paid attention to, whoa, what's going on with this online stuff? And, and we had, like, companies that we spoke with. I mean, you were working for, like, a... I was working a for web a, a design web, yeah, development company. Development, and um, you would go to people and say, "Yeah, you guys do want to, you know, get on the internet? Do you want to get on the internet?" And yeah. they'd just laugh and like, "What do we want to be on the internet for?" They weren't even interested in getting their .dot com or anything like that. Yeah, it was and, crazy. And it was mind blowing to see like there were big companies who were just like, "No, nah, we don't want our." We don't want our .com. We don't want to register it. We don't want to save it or park it or whatever. They didn't just, nobody wanted to get on. And we're like, and so there were a bunch of people that we knew that um, they decided to start a company (laughs) because other companies said, no, we don't want a website. So basically, can I say the name of that one? You can say it. (laughs) Zappos. So our friends went over there, started a purchase some stuff online. And by the way, Amazon was online in 1994 selling books. So they knew yeah, they I were selling my, just I bought my bo- first book <laughs> from Amazon in 1998. So 94 is when they started Amazon okay. selling online. Wow. So they were ahead. That's four years? Yeah. Before I even bought one. Yeah. So then you, for four years, you're like, hey, I want to buy a book. Anyway, so... I'm just trying to tell you that Amazon was doing it for a long time before people started jumping on the bandwagon in yeah. 1999 going, oh boy, what's going on here? We better get a, a website. And, you know, people, they're not paying attention until, I don't know, maybe their competition. Are they watching their competition to see if they're going to go on That's first? Interesting, I mean, it's, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I so, literally was telling, I don't know if you want me to go there or I don't want to sidetrack you on this one. Yeah. But I would say that working at a retailer because by that time I'm working at data storage, working that retailer where all those people left, mm-hmm. started Zappos. Mm-hmm. And what what was their, do you remember their numbers of what they made for their I first have, year? I have some numbers. So okay. yeah. So 
the first year Zappos started, a uh, very f- small amount of employees, by the way, yeah. 1.6 million. That was their first year. And then um, the year after that, they made 8.6 million. The year after that, they made one. 170 million. And then by 2005, Amazon was interested in purchasing Zappos. And in 2009, Amazon purchased Zappos for $1.2 billion. Good thing they waited. <laughs> Dang. But that other company that we aren't mentioning, yeah. they didn't get e- they even go online until get their website until 2003. Wow. So they waited that long before they said, you know, I think this internet thing may be... <laughs> A thing. <laughs> Man, it's just so crazy. So my point was, like, are you waiting till it's so, there's so much competition that you're, why wouldn't you want to be the first to try all these new things that people are buzzing around and doing? I mean, yeah, doing, I, we, so. we, I think all of us can miss the boat on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah. like, oh. Uh-huh. But there's a point where, especially for businesses, they have to jump mm-hmm. on onto these Areas where a, an audience goes. I think that's the big key. Yeah. Is those where audiences moving and, and the purchasing same, somewhere. And the same thing is for cut the cutting the cord audience. Yeah. They're not on cable anymore. They're going to and OT, they, and they OTT, waited. OTT devices. Yeah, and they waited a long time. And they before, waited a very long time before they said, oh, we cave in. Okay, well. Yeah, we're, we're losing. So, yeah, it's probably time. <laughs> you know? But... It just shows you, though, that, you know, everything's fluid all the time. And uh, what's funny, you reminded me, though, selling websites and going to a news organization mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know, you should get your, your URL and, and put your, your news online. Like, What do you want to do that do for? That? That's, what, what? Get out of my office. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I still can't believe that. It's like, and then, of course, all these all these companies get bought right, the by com- big, the big ones mm-hmm. and they immediately and go online and put their news on there. You're like, dude, yeah. I tried to tell you. Yeah, I tried to tell you. They to- lost a lot of money yeah. for not doing that and they lost they lost their business. And that was pretty late in the game. Yeah. I mean, but when I was selling websites, it was 95, 96. So, I mean, it was just like the internet was kind of a buzz by mm-hmm. that time. Anyway, it's just crazy. It's a million years ago now. but I know. But it just shows you, though, that the, the trend thing. And we're, we're trying mm-hmm. to help our clients by looking at stuff yeah. and do it basically for them. The, the thing that you and I were talking about this morning was, you know, we can create a video for a client. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do that in a consistent way. So what I found was that I'll take whatever manufacturer, it doesn't matter who it is. But mm-hmm. let's say they create a video and they use a company to do it, right? They're paying at least thirty thousand dollars to create a video. Oh, a lot. Of, some of some of the videos are like two million for just a few seconds. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, okay, you you brought up two points. So first, you got the creation of the video. Mm-hmm. So you go to a third party, they do all this work, and they create and this really neat thing. That's time. Yeah, and they're not usually in your industry, so they don't really know like all the ins and outs of it. It'll so be generic. Yeah, so it's very mm-hmm. artsy, and they create this thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's so great. And then you spent so much money on it, you can only do one kind of, okay, here it is, yeah. per year. And then that's usually not even, like on the most of the B2B folks mm-hmm. that we work with, they're not putting that on TV. No. And that's a whole nother level. Right. But they're creating it like they were going to go on TV. Uh-huh. But usually they're creating stuff that's like, I don't know, five to eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. 
because they want to get their money's worth. So they they create yeah. this thing, and it's starting at thirty. Let's say it's thirty grand. Yeah. And okay, you did one deal. Yeah. How that's many not more? good. No. So our our <laughs> whole point is you you're creating a consistent mm-hmm. month by month mm-hmm. solution that yeah. is affordable, that's well produced. Produced. Thank you. And I think that th- this hits on a lot of things. And then there's that other that other component though. There's a lot of components. <laughs> the, the other the other component is the audience. Yes. And so we'll, I'll just I won't give it away because I know you get mad at me if I if I do. But <laughs> the the other component though is that we've created not only the product and the content mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. but we're also going to help them place that in a way where it is consumed by the exact people in large numbers of who they wanted to reach. Yes. And to me, that's like both are together now. Right. So anyway, I think I'm excited about that, but I just want to do it and get, get a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff out for people and help them. And I just know this is going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to help everybody, but I'm excited about that. Like that, yeah. to me, that, that hit everything, right? So you got mm-hmm. consistency. Mm-hmm. You have to have it going out month by month, not once a year or twice a year. Every month they have to hear from you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then getting that information out from a third party, I think makes a lot more sense because it's not the brand saying I'm great. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else saying you're great. Yeah. And then the third thing is just getting it to the right audience. So I don't know. I just look at older models, you know, of how it was done before. Right. And you look at, you know, mm-hmm. back in the 60s when it was a magazine and you open up the magazine and you're like, oh, wow, here's a full page ad on whatever. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of making people either want something or inform them about a product that, that they should want. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like digital transformation. <laughs> so we have to digitally transform, right? <laughs> and, and yet you see how many of those magazines that I was subscribed. And that's the thing. It's not hard to subscribe to these magazines that are free, right? So you get them. Mm-hmm. How many of those things did you see me just pouring Consuming. over and reading? Yeah. Like you would... Once in a while you pick it up, but a lot of them just sort of go up and it goes in the mailbox and then it mm-hmm. gets set aside. Same thing with emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to think outside the box and you yeah. got to say, well, how can I get this information in front of the right people mm-hmm. at the right time yeah. and have it contextually help them? And I think about, I don't want to reach through to this person the same way as my competitors. That's another thing. Yeah. Why do I want to do the same thing they're doing? I don't. That's the problem with a lot of <laughs> so in-person the, events. Yeah. Is it's like, okay, your, Here we are. your booth size might be different, but it's all sort of out there. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here we all are, and we're doing all the same. And, yeah. and it's like you look like your other competitor. Right. Versus if you if you do things digitally, you can you have an opportunity to mm-hmm. sort of put your, your own way of how you want to present mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more so. Yeah. And then, you know, I think about from a client perspective of what I, I want to do for them is like, you know, a lot of them don't have the means to put their products into a video format. Yeah. And this is something I'm working on mm-hmm. myself. It's a hard one, but, you know, I think that's something that we, we can tackle for them mm-hmm. because I just find that most don't have their product all done up and, and, and looking good for, yeah, for creating that sort that's of. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. That too. That's another way of 
differentiating, if you want to say. Like, it's funny. It's like, we have a digital version of yeah. our whatever it is. It's funny, isn't it? It's just like all yeah. this sounds like marketing, mm-hmm. but it's a blend between marketing and sales. It's mm-hmm. like knowing the sales component of how that helps the client yeah. and understanding sort of the nuances of what the client needs are, yeah. the different applications, yeah. and being able to tune that at mm-hmm. the same time you're using your marketing wizardry there to <laughs> put together solutions and content that mm-hmm. really, really help the audience, like no matter who it is, whether it's a channel partner, whether it's a end user of the product. Yeah. I just think that's really cool. Like at, at our heart, the heart of everything that we're doing is mm-hmm. how can I help the other person on the other end not experience what I had to experience when I yes. went to go purchase a product? And everyone loves to throw around like, oh, it's all about the customer. And then you look at their website or whatever. And, and it's, it's just not like, about the customer. No, it's not. When you go on their website, yeah. they say it. Right. But they're not doing it. Right. So, so maybe they don't know how. They may, need to call Maybe, Wave. but I just find it really weird that all I see is a bunch of, um, mm-hmm. you know, platitudes. And I don't see action. Yeah. Like, how are you doing it? How are you helping your channel partners? How mm-hmm. are you helping your, your customers? And that's what we obsess on. And I want to help <laughs> our clients, you of know, course. and I know we can't. That's yeah. what's so fun. To me, this is a lot more effective mm-hmm. than doing things this old, tired way, how things were done before, that and scale, you know, doing yeah. those two things. The other thing that I wanted to hit on, you know, we talked a little bit about channel. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, education is a big deal. But also getting somebody on the phone and getting both pre- and post-sale support. Oh, yes, that was huge, mentioned Yes, by the people we were asking. That's yeah. right. That was big big for them. So that's another feedback yeah. item. And I want to just mm-hmm. put this out there that, you know, we, we were sort of putting out there a lot of these inside sales uh, mm-hmm. services before a lot of folks were doing that, yeah. especially in our industry. You know, I, I think the biggest issue is they think, well, I'll just do it in-house. Well, why would you hire? It's a completely different role. Mm-hmm. And you can't scale that out when you, the, your cost is so high for a W-2 employee, whereas you can outsource that to Wave and we can provide market development reps or th- to me, the bigger one we're talking about channel is channel development reps. So yes, mm-hmm. they're inside salespeople, but you're not managing them and are not having a manager manage them. So there's a salary save there. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think it makes more sense is business continuity. What did we just experience for the last three years? Mm-hmm. Right. Disruption. And one of the things that I think is just a big takeaway is everyone wants to silo everything where they're at. They have their company headquarters and they want to hire everybody over there and have them all there. Well, what happens when the electricity goes out? It doesn't have to be the end of the world here. It can be just <laughs> some sort of brownout or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, disruption of some sort. Mm-hmm. Usually those are localized. There could be a flood, a hurricane, an earthquake, could be anything. And so you have all your eggs in the, in the proverbial basket. And then what happens? Then you're just done for the day, right? Everyone go home. <laughs> and so to me, it makes a lot more sense to sort of load balance that. Okay, well, why not just outsource this business process and have a inside sales group manage my inside salespeople for me as a service, just like you have Office 365 as a managed service or Google 
Gmail and, and, the, and the whole Google suite as a service. It's because somebody can do it just as well. And now you don't have a server going down because that's at your data center. It's it's somewhere else, right? So I think that's another big component is just thinking about business continuity mm-hmm. and that having things separated out makes more sense. By insisting on having everything in-house, it just reminds me of the days that people were digging in on having their own exchange server. Like, why would I ever have off, you know, some Microsoft host my email or Google? Well, it's because it's more efficient mm-hmm. and it has better uptime than you could probably have. And now you don't have an a exchange admin managing the server all the time. So it's sort of the same thing on the inside salespeople is the way I look at it as I see we could manage, and to me this is exactly where everyone should be going right now, is we can manage channel development reps. So they're just focused on the channel. Now you're providing more support for your channel partners, which is one of the things that they said they weren't getting enough of, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing it at a scale where it's just easier. You're not doing the hiring. You're not doing the interviewing. You're not doing the onboarding. So there's a lot of stuff that they don't have to do, but they're focused in the right area. We're helping them with the tools and getting set up and all that, all that stuff, right? But the idea is that we can do it a lot more efficiently. Again, you know, if, if something happens, whatever, you don't have lights out. You're not doing nothing that day because we have a site over here and, and everyone's okay, right? Yeah. So anyway, to me, that's another thing I'm really focused on is that to me, the channel development rep, that's a great way of scaling that out. And now just like that sysadmin that they don't need on the exchange server, now they don't need an inside sales manager. They can give that guy a promotion and he can be, uh, you know, a regional sales manager or whatever. And so that that makes a lot more sense to me. Those are the really the two big areas. I'd say, you know, we're talking about market development reps with Wave Outbound. Mm -hmm. And then we have channel, channel sales for channel development reps. You know, we're doing our wave media. Yes. Uh, and that is, you know, a huge component of what we're doing. And mm-hmm. those, and that does affect everything mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, again, that education component is going into the channel. It's also going to in, end users. So I think that's that's going to be a big piece of what can help uh, sure. a manufacturer because if, if they're supporting their channel partners with more people, right, and they're dedicated under their brand, the whole thing, they're just contracted. Mm-hmm. And then... They're also getting, you know, more education for the channel partners. Um, I, I see those as two big wins and they don't have to do anything. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I think that'll definitely keep us busy for a while. <laughs> and again, that buying process, it's broken everywhere. It's broken everywhere, not just in our our industry. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. There are there are some brands that, that get it and that are adapting to the changes. For the most part, most are not. No. I guess they're going to wait to follow instead of lead. Yeah, we're looking for leaders who can mm-hmm. see this opportunity as being a, a good match. Yes. It's like, I just don't think most companies want to hire in-house media production people. That would be very costly. Extremely. So just Absolutely like... Absolutely extremely. Well, and just, and it's similar too in your, you know, when you worked at, uh, I can't say the name, but... <laughs> the uh, TV station is that, you know, those companies that were your customers didn't produce their own ads. No, no, none of them did. Right. Why none would of you? Them. None of them ever yeah. did. Have it done for you mm-hmm. and just make sure somebody under, you know, if they understand your industry, to me, that's, that's a yeah. big thing. So when we were through our journey of looking for different components, mm-hmm. whether it was a, a microphone or, or whatever it was, you know, you wind up finding people that are like, okay, this guy, you know, seems to understand you know, our workflow, what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and know what they're, and they're not just trying to do an affiliate link and sell something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's another thing is that you're, you're looking for somebody who can cover the information and get you there. 
because you're doing the research. The people that are selling stuff help your customer get there faster by having other people help educate them. Just like I said, like it's like Amazon reviews, you know, going to YouTube and doing a search on how do I. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Right. I think that's going to be a big thing for B2B. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while, and I think our our background is kind of unique. Very. So it's kind of how it just meshes together. I mean, perfectly. How often does sales and marketing come together and have meetings? Right. Well, we have them all throughout the day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but how many companies that you can hire has someone work has worked in TV and then been in channel sales and and sales in general for. A long time. I'd say though that you know marketing is what's really needed right now for mm-hmm. people to speed up that buying process. Mm-hmm. It's about research. Sure. And so to me, that's the easiest thing to help address. Mm-hmm. The old days, it was making a better website and answering more questions and keeping people engaged, so that way they could get their research done quickly. And to me, while a website is super important, people want to look at video. I mean, this is how it is. Sure. So the new Google search is is YouTube. Well, yeah, it's an, an incredible search engine, very powerful. So most people don't realize that YouTube is, is the Google search engine. Right. If you're not wanting to go on YouTube, you're missing out on a powerful way of someone finding your, finding your brand. I think a lot of B2B companies just think, well... You know, I'm not a B2C, so right. no one's going to really want to watch it's, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just for a search. Yeah, it's for a search, <laughs> and it's providing context for somebody who was looking for something, and you yeah. gave it to them. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to pay for itself either. Mm-mm. And then, you know, that's that's not even boosting it. That's not even doing any sort of advertising on, on right. YouTube. And that's a whole nother level. Yeah. And a very powerful one at that. Yeah. Especially LinkedIn. Yeah. So you got LinkedIn. Yeah. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. TikTok, I'd say would be the big five right mm-hmm. now. TikTok is selling dentures over there, so don't think it's just for the young. <laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to me, that's the stuff that's just top of mind, like mm-hmm. as we're talking through the week. And yeah. we want to do these more often, but things have been just so crazy. We This I one know. got pushed off. We didn't want it on our old system. Yeah, we we're re- we kind of reorging some stuff right now, so... You know, as soon as that gets rebuilt, then it'll be a lot easier to find. And, and yeah, kind I think of, it's better like this. Yeah, it's for the algorithm to help it find what people need when they do a search. Right. So that's kind of what we're doing and working on. And there's a lot of other things we're working on, too. But yeah, um, yeah, we're focused, though, for sure. Yeah, we kind of threw this together. <laughs> so this is not this is not. Uh, the, the end result of what we're going to be doing in the yeah. future. Yeah, we just kind of... Sort of temporary. Let's quick do a podcast, and this is what, what it looks like for now. And um, we know that the majority of, I would say, viewers, but they're not viewers, they're listeners, are on the audio podcast version. Oh, yeah. And it's so, a lot easier to listen to something while you're at work or driving. Sure, sure. Or taking a walk around the block or whatever. Right. I mean, people walk around, and I hear them listening to podcasts all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I like I like podcasts. Yeah, and driving. I mean, driving. I'm sure they're. You can't watch a video in the car. <laughs> right. There shouldn't be. Unless you got autopilot on. Yeah, I think you know, just in terms of what's on our our radar, in terms of looking at business, what's going to really help people right now. You know, because now it's it's a little harder for sure. It's funny. We wrote about this over a year ago. Yeah. What was coming. 
And we, we, do, we look at trends. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're joking around here. It's just like yeah. we saw people over hiring. We're like, that's not going to end well. Sure enough, it didn't. And then you just see these cycles over and over again. Mm-hmm. And to me, the big one was they just weren't throwing the real numbers out there. Of no. what's happening. And so the, you know, economically things, things were a little tougher and we knew that that was going to start creating more headwinds. And sure enough, now people were doing a lot of layoffs. Yeah. And I think, you know, if marketers, the, the value you have for a company right now is huge. And I think the problem is from a owner perspective is showing them what can be done. Mm. And that, that requires a little creativity, mm. but there's a lot, there's a lot that can be helped for a company, but I think using the same old methodologies during a time where things are getting a little crunchy, because I'm seeing the marketers seem to be the first ones to be, you know, on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. And this is the time for a brand to really get their name out there and show how they're different. But you can't show how you're different if you're doing exactly what everyone else is doing. So if a marketer wants to to stay around, mm-hmm. all they have to do is just really think about their the client, like the customer, the end customer. What do they need? Well, they need more information. You're, you're providing ads to them. Right. Or logo photos, like you're saying, you know, when you scroll through oh those. Oh, my gosh. Those it's like, are... how the heck is that going to help someone buy something? Or if it's all about you and, hey, here we are at whatever, and, and here's a dinner or whatever. Yeah. That's not going to help them. So if you want to help your company and you want to show that marketing is is a major revenue contributor, then I would say. Lead. Lead. Do something. That's gonna that's gonna help the the end user of your product and your channel partners mm-hmm. to quickly purchase your product, get the information out, help them understand how to buy it, what's going on, how is it gonna solve a problem, and really diving into that. I just see people it just blows my mind. You know, I know it's I know it's like September is classic trade show season. Yeah. And I mean that's cool, mm-hmm. but trade show's over. So yeah, okay. now what's the next? Now deal? what? Yeah. So you got to yeah. have a plan for. 365 days of a year. It's interesting. If you go on Amazon and you look at a product, just pick a product and look at it. And a lot of these products now have video yeah. that are attached to the product. Every single product, even though it's completely different, has the same type of video. The object, dancing around to music, that's it. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't matter what the product is. They're all doing the exact same thing. Why would you want to do the exact same video as your competition or of everybody? It's, it's just it, like, well, it's like, it's here a, it is, buy it. Here it is. It's the template, <laughs> right? Yeah. Templates. Uh, yeah. Don't do templates. No. You, you have to do your own stuff. Yeah. You have to be creative. Yeah. You have to tell a story if you're going to tell a story. Yeah. And if you're not going to tell a story, mm-hmm. then tell how you're, you're solving a problem. Just keep it that simple. Marketing has the ability to really help a company. They sure do. It's it's crazy. And if they can help differentiate you and answer all those questions, then that's uh, yeah. that's marketing-led growth. <laughs> you know, instead of product-led growth, that's marketing-led growth. Yeah. And I think that's where it's at. Like, show your value by, by being different, mm-hmm. not by just following exactly what everyone else is doing. Are you kidding? No. And, and to me, like, you're setting yourself up for failure when you're putting yourself side by side with every other company. Like mm-hmm. big companies will do that and they'll put themselves right next to the other guy mm-hmm. and they do a hundred times more volume than the other guy. And you're, but you're looking like apples and apples. 
So to me, that's that's the big thing is you don't want to do that. You In this market, you have to differentiate. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to differentiate, you have to understand what the value is of your product and your company. And that's going to be per vertical market, per, per person, that that's going to help out. And don't try to boil the ocean. Just try to keep it to the to the core group of who you're helping out and have everything just nailed down. And then, you know, it's going to move product. So anyway, that's that's what we're focused on as well to help help these marketers out with. Hopefully they tap us and say, yeah, we need help with that. Sure. Uh, unless they want to do it on their own. They can. But, you know, it's not easy. No, it might look easy. You know, <laughs> we make it look easy. <laughs>